0: Good morning, Good campers. Good morning,
1: campers. Today's activities include a
0: cha cha cha
1: cha 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 cha.
0: lunch today will be too much pills and liquor.
1: And to end the night, we'll be taking a great big bow for all of you. Thank you for coming out.
0: Where's that clicker? So put on your sunscreen, bug spray, and camp uniform as we dive into Liza with a Z.
1: Not Lisa with an S.
0: I'm gonna say Zed a whole bunch through this episode. It's really, really hard for me not to.
1: <laughs> Marishka Hargitay, Sarah.
0: Marishka Hargitay, Sam.
1: I am your camp counselor, Sam, an ex-pro wrestler in training and current, well, pro bodybuilder in training.
0: <laughs> Woohoo! You big.
1: I'm big.
0: And I'm camp counselor Sarah, who's gonna miss cats. And we're gonna, and we're here to ask: Is it camp? <laughs> we're diving into popular culture of all kinds to loosely identify what makes something camp.
1: We are not here to be the definitive experts on it, but rather just talk about this often overlooked and frankly queer subgenre. Wowie zowie! Can you believe it? It's been this long, and finally we get to not only a Fosse, but Eliza. Liza. Fosse, Fosse.
0: Oh my God! I know, right? It seems so strange that we have not covered anyone in this family tree yet. We've talked, I've talked i a, a, I've talked a big talk about getting a Vincent Minnelli uh, movie on, but uh, but this is the first of anything in the Garland Luft Minnelli family tree that we have touched.
1: mm Hmm, it's. Uh it feels like a momentous occasion. And the fact that we've programmed it for mystery month, uh, a month where we are choosing properties that neither of us have seen or interacted with, but we know of, and we, we vaguely guess this could be camp. Mm -hmm. And uh, (laughs) this, this comes out of the gates swinging, swinging a big (laughs) old sign that says I'm camp.
0: Miss Liza uh, starts by doing that Babe Ruth thing where you like point to where the home run's gonna go, <laughs> and then she just bam, bam, bam for fifty-two minutes.
1: Yeah, and you just you ask yourself why? Why is the uh, the pitcher just continuing to throw balls? She's done it. She struck the home run, but she's going <laughs> no, throw me another one.
0: I was I was looking up a little, a few details about this beforehand. And uh, and there was the line in there that uh, rehearsals were only eight weeks long. And for the first two songs, she's just singing, right? She comes out, she's singing, yeah. she's moving a little bit. And I was like, why did this take eight weeks to rehearse, let alone only eight weeks? And then they start dancing mm-hmm. and my jaw drops.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I would say even for the solo stuff that she does... Mm-hmm. I can understand the level that rehearsals would have to go through because we'll we'll talk about it more as we go through the synopsis. I guess a plot isn't quite there. Synopsis. Mm -hmm. But there's a way she is performing that feels sort of ad-libbed Mm -hmm. But I would think that with somebody like Fossey and somebody like Liza Minnelli, that it's not ad-libbed, that it is rehearsed down to the second, exactly what you're going to do and how you're going to do it and when you're going to do it.
0: Yeah, I I would think that has to be more charisma and stage presence, which she has.
1: Oh, oh God, yes, she has charisma.
0: Uniqueness, nerve and talent.
1: Absolutely, there will never be another Liza Minnelli. I've tried, no. I've tried cloning her, <laughs> and it just doesn't work. None of the clones have taken.
0: Yeah, when people when people say "Nepo baby," somehow Liza Minnelli's name never comes up in that conversation.
1: I wonder why.
0: <laughs> so, do you want to talk a little bit about Miss Liza herself and her background and how she got to the stage?
1: Yeah, tell me why I should be angry about her being a nepo baby.
0: <laughs> uh, so, Liza Minnelli—not that you can tell by anything in the way she moves, looks, or sings—is Judy Garland's <laughs> daughter, along with Vincent. What?
1: Her, her name isn't Garland. It's it's Minnelli. Minolo. I hate Minnelli. to bring it to you,
0: but Judy Garland's name wasn't Judy Garland either.
1: What? <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, I have that here. Her uh, her birth <laughs> name is Frances Ethel Gum.
1: I can understand why she changed it to Judy Garland. Unfortunately, uh, you don't get a lot of Franceses in Hollywood, and I don't think you have any gums.
0: No. Uh, so Judy Garland started out as a vaudeville singer with two of her sisters. Her parents were vaudevillians as well. And then she got signed to MGM at the age of... 13 years old. Now, the thing about so Judy cute. Garland, and I'm I'm going to try to keep this short. You've got to divert me if I'm going off on rabbit holes, because as you said, <coughs> there's a lot to cover here. And I'm sure we're going to be coming back to yeah. this.
1: <clears throat> this feels like, I think this is the first time we're properly talking about like an acting dynasty on the show mm. as well, right? Like they're. There is a pedigree... I mean, there there's a couple acting dynasties, right? There's Garland Minnelli, there's the... Um, the the Douglases. Douglases. Yeah, the uh, Barrymores, mm-hmm. the Arquettes. <clears throat> but, yeah, this is our first time properly talking about one of these families, right? This... I mean, what, what the kids say now as Nepo babies, it's just... It's not... Yeah, it's not nepotism, right? She she has genuinely earned her way into this spot.
0: Absolutely, um, Judy Garland is always described as an ugly duckling, which is ridiculous because she's Judy Garland. Like she's, she's a God movie star. Judy
1: Garland.
0: The problem <sighs> is um, she was going to school at MGM with people like Ava Gardner and Elizabeth Taylor. And Lana Turner, and yet anyone is going to look a little dull standing next to those people.
1: Yeah, um, Judy Garland wasn't ravishing, but she was she was pretty. She was a, a you know that she was the girl next door, the girl next door.
0: Exactly. That's the thing that she always was trying to break out of um, from the Andy Hardy movies. Um. I personally think she's very beautiful, and you could make a very strong argument that her star has shone brighter than anybody else uh, that she was going to school with, except maybe maybe Elizabeth Taylor. But even still, I think more people know Judy Garland. More uh, I, more Bob and Jane schmoes know Judy Garland.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I would say, too. Like Judy Garland is a name above and beyond many of the others, even if it's just for The Wizard of Oz. Mm -hmm. Great, that's it, that's all you need
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly Uh, So Judy Garland meets uh, Vincent Minnelli Vincent Minnelli is always described as being Italian He's actually Italian-American His grandparents emigrated Like He was born in Chicago He just has an Italian name Mm -hmm. Um, He started out directing uh, Stage reviews in New York And then moved to Hollywood And started doing musicals which is how they met. Ah. It's suggested, now I always took this as red, but apparently it is only suggested that Vincent Minnelli is gay, or was gay, or was bisexual. Okay. Uh, one of his biographers, Emmanuel Levy, says that he was openly gay in New York and had to go back in the closet once he moved to Hollywood. A fun thing about this is that one of the people he was involved with in New York was a previous topic on the show. He was involved with famous window dresser Lester Gabba.
1: No way!
0: Of mannequin fame himself.
1: Wow! That's mm. wild. Okay, well, good for, good for them. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Uh. Th- Uh, Judy Garland was the first of his four wives They were married for about six years And they had one adorable little baby Liza Minnelli
1: A man with four Uh, wives can't possibly be gay Right? (laughs) (laughs) Or bisexual or pansexual
0: Exactly Uh As far as the naming of Liza, apparently they'd been having issues trying to think of a name that would work until Judy Garland, one night pregnant, woke up, sat up straight in bed and said Liza Minnelli would look great on a marquee and fell back asleep. Uh,
1: (laughs) It's true, though. It would look great on a marquee. It does look great on a marquee.
0: (laughs) Uh, So her parents divorced when she was five. Uh, She basically lived with her mom. Uh, for the rest of her childhood traveling around with her mom she was in some of her mom's movies she was singing and dancing from the time she was five but she always wanted to be a dancer that was her goal not an actress not a singer a dancer
1: Hmm.
0: which um, yes but also you see somebody with that voice and you're like you don't want to use this you've got that voice coming out of you
1: but I mean, she can move too. She oh she can dance. It's, it's not. It's not a. I want to be a dancer. Sure, honey. Okay. No, it's. <laughs> I want to be a dancer. Oh, oh no. Yeah, you're good at this.
0: Uh, so by the time she was 16, she moved out and she was living in New York in a hotel by herself full-time, going to dance classes every single day, being like, this is my thing. This is what I am going to do. Um, she started uh, acting professionally at the age of 17 on Broadway, or technically off-Broadway, but, you know, you get the idea. In New York. In New York. Yes. Uh, she started uh, to perform as a nightclub singer around this time and won her first Tony at the age of 19 years old. What? Yes.
1: <laughs> God, I remember. I remember when Emmy Rossum was nominated for Golden Globe. Was she also nominated for an Oscar for Phantom?
0: I uh, definitely so. not. But yeah, she was only 16 then.
1: Yeah, and I remember when that happened My my mom turned to me and she said Samuel, what are you doing with your life?
0: You Jesus haven't got Christ. any
1: nominations. She meant it as a joke, but it's not—it's not a fun thing to say to an anxious little kid. <laughs>
0: You're like, Mom, I got some stuff. I'm working out.
1: i am going to be famous, Mom. To—to to paraphrase Mark Wahlberg from Bookie Nights,
0: you don't know, Mom. You
1: don't know what I've got inside me. I—I can do good things. The funniest scene in that movie. I love that scene so goddamn much.
0: Uh, so yes, Liza Minnelli uh, already coming out the gate uh, By the way, the the musical that she won her first Emmy, I'm sorry not Emmy, Tony for was uh, by two little fellows called John Kander and Fred Ebb, who are going to come back later
1: Oh no We thought uh, we had killed them with the gun, but no, they came back. They wouldn't one die One of them is still alive Jeez, good for them Oh, well, so yes. is Liza Minnelli. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm very frightened. It was, it was announced today that Gordon Pinsent had died, who we discussed on a previous episode. And if this episode kills Liza Minnelli, guys, you have no idea how sorry we are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're trying not to be prophets, but it's happening over and over again. Yes.
0: Uh, Liza Minnelli is. Uh, shortly thereafter in Cabaret.
1: Oh, I've heard of that.
0: Yes. Uh, There is a story which I heard on on the uh, podcast which may or may not be true uh, where she did not win the role on stage and as she was leaving the audition she said that's fine. I'll be in the movie instead. And then she was.
1: God damn it. God damn, Liza, you're doing it.
0: Uh, Cabaret, which you have not seen, correct?
1: No, I've never seen Cabaret.
0: Cabaret hangs over this TV special uh, like a ghost. It was released only something like six months before this TV special. Um, six months after this special, Bob Fosse and um, Liza Minnelli would both win Oscars for it. Um, it's very, very similar right up until the point that they are doing a medley of cabaret songs. Um, but when people say, you know, the first line of my obituary is already written, Liza Minnelli's isn't even going to be about her parents. It's going to be about cabaret.
1: Mmm, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the, I don't know, uh, the albatross of her life right
0: yes yes um it's incredible for those of you who, who haven't seen it it is a musical about um a cabaret in berlin leading up to world war ii and the many CD types that uh, live in it uh it is very sad <laughs> it's a movie from the 70s it's very sad and it's about the lead up to world war ii um It's also very, very, very good. It's very um, realistic. It's one of those musicals where there's nothing happening in characters' heads. All of the songs are just performed on the stage of this cabaret. Uh, And uh, I love it. It's great. We'll probably never cover it on the show, despite the huge overlap uh, in staff between this and um, Liza with a Z. But... Guys, you should see it. It's really good. (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: It is still her most famous film. It is still her most famous look. The look that she has in cabaret with the sort of... um, Would you call this a mullet or a shag haircut?
1: See, I was trying to figure that out, too. I know this was hot at the time, like in the 70s. Like a Dorothy Hamill thing. Yeah, it it's kind of like a shag pixie cut yeah right it's just short enough to be on the edge of androgynous but it's just long enough to be of the time as well
0: yeah it's one of those 70s throwback to the 30s things which is so interesting again because of her parentage um and she also has this sort of like heart look to the hairline where she has this dip in between her eyebrows it's incredible it's it's one of those things where she looks like she's been put together from spare parts but it all works on her
1: yeah this this hairstyle feels like it was designed for liza minnelli Mm -hmm. of all people it's not going to work on everyone but my god does it work on her
0: she like her eyes are too big her hair is kind of weird she's got this body that moves in all these interesting ways and you can't help but stare at her
1: she's got a ski slope nose she's got like just this very almond shaped face as well and the hair adds volume to that it's and it all moves in such
0: interesting ways as she dances
1: yeah, it she's uh, she is a bit of a Frankenstein of all these body parts that really shouldn't go together. But on her, they all line up just right to make this odd little beauty.
0: So following the success of Cabaret, um, the four big creative powers behind it, uh, Bob Fosse, Liza Minnelli, and Kander and Ebb. Reunite for Lies with a Z. It is a one-hour TV concert special. Bob Fosse claims it's the first concert made for TV, which I think you have to take a very specific definition of concert for that to work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because there's been concerts happening on TV since the very beginning.
1: Yeah, I would assume that that would be, you know something that would have been tried out very early on people love to listen to radio why not stick the radio on tv and let them see the band instead
0: yeah like you have to say okay none of um oh what's it called the variety show with that had the Mm -hmm. beatles on it like none of those are concerts despite them being live musical performances in front of an audience
1: I think maybe when he's talking about this being a concert uh, in that there is stage production, there is, you know, it is bigger than just, all right, let's put the band on stage and have the singer over here and then do it. Like there's choreography, there's costume changes, there's, you know, backdrops and it it is theatrical in scope beyond just being set up the camera pointed at the people playing done. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, it is very much a film theatrical experience. Uh, there are some original songs in here all written by Kander and Ebb, uh, the, including the title song, Liza with a Z. Uh, now, this film was sponsored by Singer, the sewing machine company. Why, oh. I do not know.
1: What? I have one of those. Why, what's going on?
0: Yeah, if you rewatch it, you'll see at the very beginning over all the footage of people coming into the theater. Singer presents.
1: Is that what that singer was? Yes, oh. that's the singer. It's it's the. But why?
0: <laughs> I don't understand. Except it was the seventies, and I have to presume Singer had a bigger. Market foothold at the time. Well, simply the market itself was bigger at the time, um, but because of this sponsorship, they had to be very, very careful <laughs> in rehearsals because Not they were to terrified break any
1: stitches. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they were terrified of letting singers see the costumes.
1: Why the costumes look great?
0: The costumes do look great, and you can see all the way up to the North Pole.
1: Yeah, yeah. I. I it's just. It's such an unusual thing. It'd be like Gogurt presents Beyonce.
0: <laughs> Gogurt presents Beyonce. I know, right? <laughs> I know, right? It reminded me a lot of when we were um, when we covered the s- Star Wars holiday special, and I was getting ads that were like, "Look for the union made label," and I was like, "Number one, I can't believe unions back in the '70s had enough money to take out ads," and number two, oh god, things have changed for the worse. And that's how yeah, I feel about for th- singers uh, sponsoring Liza with a Z. <laughs> yes, oh these God. all the costumes in it were um, designed by Halston, who probably his most famous design ever is um, the piece that Cher won when she won her Oscar. You think of that big black bodice um, piece mm-hmm. with the bare midriff and the big headpiece. That's yep. Halston.
1: Oh, God, I love that piece.
0: Oh, yeah. And as she said, when she stepped up to (laughs) announce it, as you can see, I've learned how to dress like a real actress. Oh, God, I love her. Um, But yes, particularly the red halter dress in this, they were terrified of letting the sponsors see because they thought it was going to be too risqué. So every time the sponsors would show up to rehearsal, they would call a break. (laughs) <laughs> and just have them like, here, would you like to talk to Miss Liza Minnelli instead of seeing anything that we we're going to show? <laughs>
1: um, well, it's it's not like she gets up on stage and, you know, sings a little ditty, singer, we hate you.
0: Exactly. Uh, one quote that I read from Liza Minnelli was about this uh, this whole... of keeping the costumes away from the the sponsors was there was not a bra within 35 miles. (laughs) 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 Um, But eventually, and again, all of these stories are sort of apocryphal. Uh, one of the sponsors showed up and saw it, and Bob Fosse was like, listen, I'm going to take care of this. Takes the sponsor lady away, speaks to her for a couple minutes. The sponsor lady comes back and lies. like, so you're going to make us change it, right? And and the sponsor lady says, no, it's fashion.
1: Fashion. And it is fashion. It is fashion. All
0: of these looks. Iconique. Which is made even stranger by the fact that this aired three times on television and then was lost
1: what yes so
0: this aired in 1972 uh september of 1972 it was in reruns twice and then not shown again now miss liza minnelli is not dumb and she owned the copyright and the original prints. So in 1999, um, she was approached by Adam. Let me find it here. I'm sorry, not Adam. Adam, Michael Eric. (laughs) Michael Eric approached her and said, Listen, the copyright is about to uh, be lost on this. Do you want to renew the copyright? And she said, Why, yes. And uh, she's like, By the way, I also have these negatives. And he's like, Okay, I'm going to help you. Um, restore them and remaster them, and so it was finally released on DVD in two thousand and six. Great, yeah, love that. But awesome. it's one of those strange things that you and I always knew the title Liza with a Z, maybe maybe from the song as well. But it was much like the uh, the Star Wars Holiday Special, impossible to watch for multiple decades.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's, that's so weird, because you'd think with something that it's it's winning an Emmy, it's, you know, this is a Tony-winning Tony actress, and this is a director who has just won an Emmy, a Tony, and an Oscar, all within one year, which is unheard of.
0: For different productions?
1: For different. Different productions He won all three And the studio Behind this was just like eh, Show it three times, that's good (laughs) That's the funny thing too
0: Liza is also an EGOT And the difficulty for anyone To become an EGOT But especially the difficulty of anyone To become an uh, an EGOT Who isn't a songwriter She's just playing on a different level Than everybody else
1: it just mind-blowing it boggles how this would just be like oh we don't really need to keep this do we no throw it out
0: what yeah this isn't even like wiping early doctor who tapes to reuse the tape like this was liza minnelli and bob Fosse. people knew this was important I, mm-hmm. I was trying to think of what it could compare to, and the closest thing I could come up with is, like, um, Jennifer Lawrence right after she won her Oscar, when she was, like, the hot it girl. But even her, does, she doesn't have the same story as Minnelli, she doesn't have the same range as Minnelli, she doesn't have the same experience Minnelli already had at this point
1: it It feels similar to what just what is happening and what just happened with uh, HBO Max and Time Warner, how they're mm, destroying yes. their stuff, right? They filmed an entire Batgirl movie starring Brendan Fucking Fraser as he's just gotten his Oscar nomination, and they decide, no, we don't want to show this movie and they scrapped the whole thing. Why would you do that? The money you would make just from a, look, Brendan Fraser is back in a superhero movie. Don't you guys want to come see this?
0: Netflix recently announced that it is taking all of Arrested Development off, including the stuff that Netflix itself made, which you would think would be the cheapest to keep on the streaming platform. But no, they're getting rid of it
1: all. Oh, just another reason why I yeah, I'm gonna cancel Netflix. I'm I'm so done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so tired of it.
0: Yeah. It's it's really funny because they brought out that new plan of uh everybody having to be on the same Wi Fi network or whatever. And uh, there was huge backlash. They immediately pulled it back for the American audience and said, Listen, we didn't really mean this, we were just we released the wrong press statement or whatever. And then immediately in all other non-American markets, we're like, yeah, we're, we're still implementing this.
1: We're fucking you guys over. The Americans, though.
0: Yeah. The Americans complained loud enough to make a stop, but the rest of the world isn't going to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Americans won't look outside their borders,
0: so. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's where we find Miss Lazzamonelli at the time of this um, TV special. And her career carries on, but it never really hits this height again. Did you know that New York, New York was written for Liza Minnelli?
1: What? I yeah. mean, yeah, it makes sense, but what?
0: Mm-hmm. So New York, New York was written by Candor and Ebb for Liza Minnelli in the Scorsese movie New York, New York. Um, it was at first her song, and then like three months later, Sinatra recorded it. And boom.
1: And yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, she has lasted. She has lasted multiple marriages. She has lasted multiple addictions. Uh, she has been here through it all. She is still fighting. She is surprisingly young, too. She was 26 when this special was made.
1: What?
0: She's only 76 now.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. I think that we are lucky to have her around. Um, It's interesting. I was thinking about like Vincent Van Gogh and Judy Garland and the, the stories that we tell about the tragic genius and how Liza Mm -hmm. Minnelli has overcome that at every step, despite it feeling like the world, the world doesn't want to see Liza Minnelli get old. The world doesn't want to see Liza Minnelli, get plastic surgery and have a new marriage that everybody thinks is a bad idea and all this and make fun of herself on Arrested Development. I feel like the world wanted Lesmanelli Minnelli to end like her mother and she has fought her way through it and is still here now. And I, I I love her. I think she's incredible at the height of her powers, like here and in Cabaret. And I think she's incredible to this day.
1: I I love that there's the Twitter account Liza Minnelli outlives, yes. blank. Uh, I we love mentioned checking-
0: last last episode that <laughs> both of us have had breaking news, <laughs> broken through to li- by this <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah. Where it's just oh oh okay. I'm glad Liza Minnelli's still alive though, <laughs> it,
0: but she yeah she is a little bit more private she still performs she doesn't have the same power uh but she still has that voice you know i Mm -hmm. i just want to put lies minnelli in like a bubble and protect her forever she she is my new betty white how everybody was like don't let betty white trend that's how i feel about um lies minnelli
1: hmm yeah so let me ask you this, because because the mm-hmm. the special itself is is kind of bare bones. We'll we'll talk about various things that happen mm-hmm. in it, but what is your what is your personal history with Liza Minnelli? When did you first learn that Liza Minnelli existed?
0: I have two memories, and I don't remember which happened first. Um, so Cabaret is one of my mom's favorite movies; she loves it. Um, So I watched Calvary with her probably, like, around 12 or 13 years old, something like that. Um, And around the same time was when Liza Minnelli married David Guest. And I remember this being announced. And, of course, like, I didn't really know who Liza Minnelli was at the time. It was kind of like when you're a kid and people were making fun of Elizabeth Taylor. You're like, who? Mm. This lady seems important to other people, but who? Yeah. And I remember... I couldn't point to one specific thing that people said, but the gist I got from the coverage of Liz Minnelli covering David Guest was, "Look at this absolute idiot marrying a gay man." And it was just it was just jokes about her, and I was like, "You don't know their relationship," and and maybe he is, maybe he was. There's allegations of abuse on both sides as well in that marriage. Um, but I just thought it was such a. It's kind of like when we look back at the coverage of um, of Britney and stuff like that. I'm like. This seems weird. I, I didn't think adults were supposed to be talking about people like this. How about you? What's your the, first memory of Liza?
1: Mine comes from Arthur. I oh had, my god,
0: I thought of the cartoon. I was thinking the PBS no. cartoon. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, Liza Minnelli yeah. <laughs> Arthur?
1: I mean... I read some
0: books, can't.
1: To be fair, the amount of guest stars they've had on Arthur, mm-hmm. Liza Minnelli would not be... Unpredictable, mm-hmm. right? They they had Matt Damon on an episode, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I'm talking about the uh, the Dudley Moore film Arthur,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it it was one of those movies. I remember it being bought for us on DVD mm-hmm. uh, when we were in the Middle East, and my mum or my dad, somebody, somebody. an an adult being like oh this is it's not an important movie but this movie's kind is kind of a cultural touchstone for some Mm -hmm. reason and pointing out liza minnelli who in the film i was like that's just a weird looking girl i don't know who this is and whatnot but i maybe one day we'll do an arthur episode but uh you know it's a beautiful love story all about a uh rich child man, man child, falling for a waitress, right? And Liza mm-hmm. Minnelli does the girl next door heart of gold kind of thing, but at the same time she's she's brassy and doesn't take shit and looks like Liza Minnelli with the biggest doe eyes ever imaginable.
0: <laughs> oh she and, has Disney princess eyes.
1: Yeah, she's animated. <laughs> yes. I mean, in more ways than one, she's animated. Yes. But yeah, I, I remember learning about her there. And then my mom, pretty sure, told me, like, oh, that's Judy Garland's daughter, you know, Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. And I went, oh, oh, that sounds important. And just the weight of, like, oh, that's Judy Garland's daughter really adds to the Liza Minnelli ness. Of it all, and then of course, you know, Arrested Development came out, and there she was in that. And then it became more about the joke of her being Liza Minnelli than anything else. But you know, she she's a sport, and she plays into the joke about herself being Liza Minnelli. So yeah, you know, I think I think that's great if you can be laughing at yourself as much as anything else.
0: Absolutely, she's she's in on the joke.
1: Mhm. <clears throat> and yeah, I remember also the multiple marriages and and you know, like uh Liz Taylor marrying the same person a couple of times and you're just like, "Oh, these these old Hollywood actresses, boy, oh boy. Like it just seemed like a thing that they had to marry seven different people. It mm-hmm. was part of their contract." <laughs>
0: Uh, One thing that I found interesting about uh, Liza Minnelli's various marriages, number one, her second marriage was to Jack Haley Jr., who was the son of the actor who played the Tin Man.
1: Oh, weird.
0: Uh, But her first marriage was to Peter Allen, who is the subject of... He was a songwriter. He is the subject of the Hugh Jackman musical, The Boy from Oz. Mm-hmm. We are, I fell down a rabbit hole a couple of days ago because I was like, I don't... I remember hearing about Hugh Jackman like in 2002, like, right after he broke, you know, um, that he was doing this musical on Broadway that I'd never heard of called The Boy From Oz. And it's about Peter Allen's life, including his relationships with Judy Garland and Liza Minnelli. Um, Peter Allen was also gay. He died from complications of AIDS. But... If it were only her marriages, it would be the most fascinating life story you'd ever heard.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I I think she she is very much a a, a character mm-hmm. as well as being a star and a pop culture icon. That one day we will get the Liza Minnelli biopic. Yeah, you
0: know, I th- or- I was watching this and I was like, you know, who could play her right now? Yeah. Anne
1: Hathaway. Yeah, Anna Hathaway also has the big doe eyes going yeah. for her for sure. Um, I think, like she, she. I don't know. Time is weird now, right? Because yeah. Anne Hathaway looks fucking amazing, and she's in her forties now.
0: Yeah, she just turned forty. And, yeah, yeah, incredible.
1: Yeah, and it's like. So would we cast her to also play Young Liza Minnelli?
0: Right Maybe Or oh, we'll just Irishman her up <laughs> she'll, be, uh, she'll be on the set of Summerstock And uh, playing her at age five
1: Yeah I- Irishman up There was um, the, the Flophouse episode About mm-hmm. the Celine Dion biopic We'll just Aileen- stick Anne Hathaway's a- Aileen and We'll just stick Anne Hathaway's Grown human woman head Onto a toddler <laughs>
0: And she has those big, big eyelashes, and you, er, big eyes, and you stick those gigantic eyelashes on top of them. Boom! She's a ringer, baby.
1: Yeah, I see zero downsides. There's no problem with this whatsoever.
0: And, you know those,
1: uh, we're printing money.
0: <laughs> you know those books or games where they're like different flaps? So you've got like a. Five choices for the head, five choices for the midriff, five choices for the legs, and you can make different outfits and things like that. That's how I'm picturing we're casting this uh Liza Minnelli biopic. Anne Hathaway is the head, <laughs> a five year old's the midriff, and a cleaned Broadway trainer Broadway dancer who will get no credit is the legs.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll 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 do the Richard gear thing of you know, he's looking down at his feet while he's dancing. Oh, someone else's feet.
0: Uh, Speaking of which, you know, they told um, Catherine Zeta-Jones That she didn't have to cut her hair for Chicago And she said specifically, I have to cut my hair Because if my hair ever gets in my face They'll say it's not me and I want to prove that it's me dancing
1: God damn it, Catherine Zeta-Jones If I couldn't love you more Right? (sighs) And she looks great in that haircut too
0: Oh, my God. We were discussing the Zeta Joneses and the Douglases just a couple days ago, and I looked up the um, the picture from when she won her Oscar. She was 10 days before her due date. I think it's one of the best any best actress winner has ever looked.
1: Uh, she, she is glowing. I know pregnant women have a glow, but she is that plus... Catherine Zeta-Jones
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, it does help to look like Catherine Zeta-Jones
1: uh, If only we could all look as good as Catherine Zeta-Jones
0: See, Catherine Zeta-Jones is going to be our Elizabeth Taylor. 30 years from now she's going to be on the cover of, of magazines th- the checkout, in, in the Apocalypse Wasteland, of course, and children yeah. are going to be like, who's she? And we're like she's the most beautiful woman around That that came out as lies for no reason <laughs>
1: And to be fair, she will still be the most beautiful woman around because of our pox-riddled faces and exactly. nuclear burns across <laughs> half of our bodies.
0: Leg coming out our backs.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, now, quickly, eat your tube grubs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and okay. Liza will well, still be kicking.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, of course Liza will still be kicking. That's how she turns off that lamp. I Wait, okay. We we have to talk okay. about this. We have to talk about. Okay. All right. So, one of my favorite favorite SNL sketches. And I sent this to you uh in preparation for this episode because we're not going to do an episode just on an SNL sketch. But, no. Uh it's called Liza Minnelli turns off a lamp.
0: I think it's called Liza Minnelli tries to turn off a lamp. Oh, tries.
1: Tries to turn off a lamp. Sorry. <laughs> And so it's it's Kristen Wig and it's what's his name? Jonah Hill. Can't remember. Jonah Hill, thank you very much. And Kristen Wigg's playing Liza, of course. And they've got tickets to go see cats. It's okay, well, let me just turn off this ding dong lamp over here first and it just becomes a five minute Improvised Dance Number by Kristen Wiig.
0: (laughs) It's one of those things (laughs) where you can see the genesis of it so clearly. They were clearly, like, joking around sometime, and Kristen Wiig was like, look at my impression of Liza Minnelli dancing, and they were like, that's a sketch. God damn it, it works.
1: Kickball chain, kickball chain.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And Jonah Hill remaining... Kristen Wiig is on the edge of breaking the entire time. Jonah Hill is completely flat. I think not even looking at her probably to avoid breaking.
1: And, but she's, (laughs) she's just trying to hit these different poses every time that little trumpety happens (laughs) and it has her sticking her hands through her legs or trying to put her hands on her face in dramatic ways
0: Really leaning <laughs> into the the weirdness of Liza Minnelli, the creature that we were discussing before.
1: Yeah, and I I just genuinely think it's it is such a solid three minute sketch of Chris Wigg trying to turn off a lamp with as many references to Liza Minnelli and how she walks and talks and moves all rolled into it.
0: What if I gave her a little fossey neck?
1: Ugh. And the whole
0: thing doesn't work if Kristen Wiig can't do a fossey neck.
1: No, no, no. It's, it's, it's gorgeous. We'll, we'll, we'll link it in the show notes or something. Or mm-hmm. you, you've probably put it on the, the Twitters. But great. It's brilliant. I love it. Every single time. Laughing. So, let's get into Liza with a Z.
0: Not Lisa with an S. I I was doing some Google searches to pull this up and I Googled something like, I was looking for like a New Yorker magazine article that I'd found on my phone and I typed in like New York Magazine, Eliza uh, Minnelli, and it said, or like Liza's back or something like that. And it said, would you like to say Lisa's back? What? <laughs> the disrespect. <laughs>
1: The, the absolute monstrosity. I I think uh, your your digital assistant might be homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, TV special begins with an orchestra warming up. You see a couple dancers stretching. It's May thirty first, nineteen seventy two, New York City. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was out on the farm with your cousin. You know, Maury. I'm, I'm trying my best. I, I, I got nothing. Uh, we see a crowd is gathered. And we also see Liza getting ready backstage, too. And then, little thing at the bottom says, A concert for television. It's nice. It sets the mood. <laughs> the brand strikes up. And we hear an announcer person, I don't know who it's supposed to be. Ladies and gentlemen, Liza Minnelli And the curtain's part and out she comes in a radiant white suit, hat, fur boa, and in her trademark pixie shag cut thing. And this this suit has a plunging neckline.
0: I uh I did that thing that I imagine you must do too where you're like yeah, I could pull that off, and then you start uh, mapping out your stage act that you would do in this.
1: I I could not pull this off. I have too many folds right now to do that. <laughs> kind of dip in my neckline. And then you'd see my weird little mole.
0: Let the people see your folds.
1: My folds, my rolls. <laughs> my, my rolls dolds.
0: Your rolls golds. <laughs>
1: Oh, God, I love me a chocolate-covered pretzel Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> So she begins this special, like, right away Like, there's there's no pussyfooting around There's no preamble It's not a, welcome to my concert Welcome to Liza with a Z No, it's just straight into And I, I had to look up half of these songs Because thankfully, Spotify has the whole thing Ooh, on nice. it, too yeah, so if you want to re-listen to it, it's on Spotify. She begins with Yes, and it is this big, bombastic song which builds and builds, and then it pulls back again. It gets nice and quiet for her. And my God, can she belt.
0: This is such a beautiful I don't know if you need if you need a pick me up, if you need a little positive thinking thrown your way, pull up. Yes.
1: Yeah, it's it's all about like just going out and saying yes and saying yes to life and new experiences and and but not even like go out and do stuff. It's, you know, enjoy it. Look out the window. There's birds and flowers and and trees and snow or rain and it's all great
0: Have you ever heard about the Yoko Ono art piece? Um, It's an art piece by Yoko Ono that John saw when he first met her.
1: Uh, I think I only really know of one Yoko Ono art piece and and it's the one that's the painting that says, burn this painting and it'll be finished. Like that's the point of the art, right? For it to be burned, but nobody's burned it so far.
0: So the ins- this was um, like an installation piece in a gallery in New York or London, something like that. And, uh, and it was basically like you climb a ladder and then you go through a hatch and the roof and then you look through a telescope. And like, it's this journey. You're going up higher and higher to try to f- see what this thing is. And then at the end, you look through the telescope and you see a tiny little thing and it says, yes. And he talks about how this was incredible to him because it, you know, any graffiti or something would be like, fuck you or whatever. And instead it was this beautiful positive message that you've worked to achieve. And, uh, and that's, you know, part of why he fell in love with her. And that's what makes, uh, it reminds me of this.
1: Yeah. There's, there's something lovely about just, the the concept of yes trying to be I mean, they did that uh, Jim Carrey movie Yes Man where he mm-hmm. spent a whole year i think it was just saying yes to any opportunities that came his way
0: yeah it's um it's based on a i haven't seen the movie despite it having Reese Darby in it um but i read the book and it was a, a real thing the guy did
1: okay cool mm-hmm. it, it's it's not the same guy who also decided to try and live one year biblically did he
0: AJ Jacobs, I don't think so. But, I mean, it doesn't seem out of the ordinary.
1: No, no. But who knows? Anyway, yeah, the the point of the song is just saying yes, right? Mm -hmm. Go out there, be positive. Because you never know. You never know. Be bold, Boimler. (laughs) And uh, one of the things I noticed in this song is that she, she... puts these little laughs in between lines, right? She's not singing all the time because every once in a while she'll pull back and say the next verse as opposed to singing it. And she'll not stumble over things, but rather say them very conversationally as if she's just thinking about it on the spot. And again, this is what I was talking about before where it was it feels ad-libbed, it feels ad-hoc but mm-hmm. with somebody like Bob Fosse, with somebody like Liza Minnelli and the the pedigree and the level that they're working at, you have to think that this has been rehearsed. They they sat down and really thought where can we put a little laugh in? What lines are we going to say as opposed to sing?
0: Yeah, it's the it's the old make it look easy Thing, that it's very, very hard to make it look easy
1: Yeah, it's it's precision
0: mm-hmm.
1: But done so goddamn well It's gorgeous So uh, the song ends And it slows down for the next number Where she takes a seat And she sings God bless the child and This is uh, Yeah, it's it's a real... Slow down. God, um, how, how do we talk about this song?
0: So, this is a song that I think most people would say, like, this is Billie Holiday's song. This is a song that Billie Holiday is famous for singing. It's famous for being okay. sung by Billie Holiday. As much as I love Liza, and like, we've got an hour before this that proves that I love Liza, I don't think Liza makes this work because okay
1: I like I I, I hadn't about heard a the traditional original version.
0: blues song coming out of Billy Holiday then coming out mm. of a white woman who has lived a tragic life her mother was dead by this point um but I don't think it has the same uh, je ne sais quoi
1: that's fair. That's understandable. Like, not everything's going to hit. I, I've i never heard the original version of this. I didn't know mm-hmm. that it was a Billie Holiday song. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, yeah, that, that makes more sense. I think of all the songs, this one didn't quite hit me as hard as other ones. It's slower. It's a little more reserved. Mm-hmm. I, she still does her Liza thing. But I think overall... It just doesn't pack the punch that I found a lot of the other songs had left a memory in my head.
0: And also these two are where she is. She's introducing herself gently. She is holding some things back so you can be really wowed.
1: Hmm. Understandable, right? You don't start at 11. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, God bless the child goes through, and then she stops to talk to the crowd for a bit, you know, a bit of banter, and she explains to them that, you know, well, I I have a problem. People come up to me in the street, and I'm going to say this in my voice, I'm not going to say this with her (laughs) cadence, People come up to me in the street and say, Oh, we absolutely love you, Lisa. And she goes, Well, you know, thank you, but my name's not Lisa, it's Liza, Liza with a Z. Oh, that's a beautiful hat you're wearing, Lisa. And it's like, Well, thank you, but my name's not Lisa, it's Liza. And also, it's not a hat, it's my hair. Love <laughs> Which that joke. I that I, I laughed so goddamn hard at it. It's brilliant. I had to stop there. I paused. It. I was like, this, "This, I wasn't expecting it. Oh It's beautiful And So thus we go into the next song Which is Liza with a Z As the pitch Black background up until now It's been just darkness Opens up into a soft Focus wash of reds and pinks And what look like street lights And car lights all blurred out And It's gorgeous and she's Gorgeous and I oh yeah,
0: something I should say about this is um, Fosse, who I don't think I ever said, uh, along with choreographing, did direct this, insisted on using film cameras instead of TV cameras. Um, mm. And that's part of why it still looks so good now.
1: That's great. Good good thinking on his part. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love this song. It's a pitter-patter song. I think it's bloody brilliant. It's It's that lovely little... You know, she's in on the joke. She she knows exactly who she is and so she's building a song around the joke that is people have a hard time saying my whole name. You know, it's I've got the lyrics here. It's Liza with a Z, not Lisa with an S cuz Lisa with an S goes snozz it's, insta- it's Z instead of S, Lee instead of Lee. It's simple as could be C Liza. Lot. La- yeah. I think I've got that right. Yeah. Do I? Okay.
0: You you and I are both like sluts for patter songs because I think we're both sluts for comedy, really. Um, And what she does here is ludicrous. If any of you have ever heard um, Not Getting Married, it's another very fast patter song. And this one just blows that out of the water.
1: Well, because it starts fast Mm -hmm. and gets faster.
0: And it's all about funny sounds she's making with her mouth.
1: mouth. Yeah. Uh, uh, It's these lovely asides about you know other women. Most other women don't have this problem, you know, except for women with strange names, you know, like uh, Joan, not
0: Joanne.
1: Yeah. It's it's so much fun and just. This slow ramping up. She goes over her last name. It's Manelli, min- it's not Manuli or Manoli or Manola or Manili or Manili with an E. I,
0: also, as a Sarah, I, where people constantly check your spelling every single time you have to tell them your name, uh, even though it makes no difference, you can call me Sarah or you can call me Sarah. <laughs> Sarah. It's just I, one of I those things <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny to me
1: <laughs> I have that problem with my last name My my last name mm, yes. has an, Does not have an E at the end of it Because it's very similar to a famous last name With an E at the end Literally just that one letter of difference mm-hmm. So I'll get work documents Or government documents Handed back to me And they're like Oh we, we corrected that Because you forgot to write in the E And it's like I'm 35, <laughs> I know how to write my goddamn name
0: I've been practicing so <laughs> hard, guys
1: <laughs> I I have half a mind to call up Bell if they ever try and charge me for something Or, you're like, whatever, and just be like, well, I'm not paying this And you go, oh, you have to pay it Yeah, but my name's not on the contract Oh, what? your name is on the contract Nope no it's not on the contract That is not my legal name You cannot make me I wonder if that could hold up I wonder if I could actually push <laughs> To be like No I'm not paying it Because you didn't spell my name right
0: I say go for it Anything that brings Bell down A peg I'm happy with
1: God If only I could bring Bell down Like 20 pegs
0: <laughs> We're a totally normal country We don't have monopolies on anything
1: Yeah Like we We Canada likes to look down at the states often and go like, "Well, at least we're not America." But in this one case, I think America can look up at Canada and go, "Well, at least we're not Canada." You guys, at least we don't have
0: one grocery store.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's the um, the problem of I I remember seeing commercials from the states because I have Peacock, not the free, not the. Super premium one with no commercials. I still get commercials, but it's like 15 bucks a month for your cell phone bill. And I'm like, what? I'm paying like a hundred and ten bucks a month for my cell phone bill.
0: Yeah, and that's the cheap plan.
1: That's the cheap plan. God. Oh damn you, Bell. <laughs> this is not a complaining about Bell podcast. Anyway, I love L- Eliza with Z. Great song. I've already added it to my cues. And uh, so the song ends, and we slow back down for the beginning of It Was a Good Time.
0: And AKA, you think, okay. Liza Minnelli goes to therapy about her parents in front of all of us.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when it starts slow, you're like, Oh, okay, alright, we've just gone from a high energy number down to a nice slow, she's gonna be a little sad, and then it goes, Nope, fuck you, ragtime, but I'm still <laughs> gonna get my therapy at Piesing out. Bam
0: No fuck you, ragtime is it has to be a piece of merch that we do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Buy our merch that may or may not exist by this point. Who knows?
0: I gotta get around to that. It, that. That's my job. I gotta get around to it.
1: Well, we'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> it's it's a strange little song. Like, yes, mm-hmm. it is very obviously Liza Minnelli is getting out her feelings about there's, her parents. There's
0: something you said earlier about, um, I think about Judy Garland being a raw nerve. And it's the same thing I feel about lies mentally it's part of why they're such great performers but also part of i think what can make them really uncomfortable to watch is they're so great because you don't feel like they're holding back from being vulnerable in front of us
1: mm-hmm. and and maybe maybe this is why we've gotten to a place in in popular culture where There's so many people who feel like they're they're entitled to knowing about the private lives of all these celebrities. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Is that when people like this come out and they do something where they are putting on the line, you know, right in front of you. Yeah, it was real tough. (laughs) You know, having my parents go through a divorce. And my parents are two of the most famous people in the world. Like, yeah, it's... I I am not one for celebrity gossip for the most part. I don't mm-hmm. enjoy it. I don't care for it. I Like, when, when I learn about things through this show or through various other things, you know, it, it feels more like... I feel better when it's somebody who's either already lived a long life and we're talking about the deep past Mm -hmm. or somebody who's dead and it's just a part of history than it is like, oh my God. Like one of my friends absolutely loves the Hilaria Baldwin stuff.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And yes, I can, I admit there is a little part of me that's wildly fascinated by this very strange woman. Like, Very strange woman Yes, Um,
0: (laughs) A woman who has made Choices
1: (laughs) A lot of uh, How you say uh, um, uh, How do you say (laughs) Cucumber Um, But Yeah there's there's something about Celebrity gossip that I just I generally don't care about Like Mm -hmm. let them just do their own thing I don't And of course, there are some celebrities who have gone like, cool, I can make this my bread and butter. I can make money off of people knowing the every detail of my life. Oh, did you see that? um, Was it from? What was it? I think it was the Grammys a few weeks ago. There's a a famous trans TikToker who was on the red carpet and met Laverne Cox. No. Okay, so this this is great because the the person had she she had her her camera up and she was filming everything and it's like oh my god it's Laverne Cox and Laverne Cox what can you share with us and blah 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 and Laverne Cox who obviously knew who this girl was because mm-hmm. it, it is a young girl not not young but probably like yep. early twenties I say young because thirty five
0: we're increasingly close to death.
1: Oh, uh, these chains I wear I forged in life. <laughs> <laughs> and Laverne Cox, very, very astutely, is you know she's on on the camera and she's looking directly at her, but also looking back at the camera, being like, "You do not need to share every moment of your life on this yeah. app. You must hold some things back for yourself." And it was just like. Yes, that is exactly what I need all these young people to hear. Mm-hmm. Please, we do not need to see your lives. You do need to be a private individual. Your life is not content. And that's how I feel with, with this. It feels very different because this is Liza willingly choosing mm-hmm. to express herself in this way. And I mean, yeah, it's it's decades before the internet and and Instagram and all that stuff. But I, I can imagine that she would have been in the public eye for most of her life. There wasn't much about her that would have been private. But to choose to make this song?
0: Yeah, I was thinking about Spielberg and the Fablemans the other day and how... Um, that's basically his biography right he's never going to make something or write something that is more about his life than the Fablemans is and mm-hmm. how people have like speculated about his parents divorce and how it affected him for <laughs> 50 years and it took him till now to be like mm. well basically until both of his parents had died he, he didn't feel comfortable telling the story um,
1: which is fair understandable
0: yeah. To be like, okay, now I'm going to tell the story my way. And, and it's about choosing your time, but also expressing it in the medium that you are most suited to, or that you are most comfortable in. Like, Spielberg could write a biography. People would love him to write a biography, but he's a filmmaker. He made a film about it instead.
1: Yeah, and there's something about owning your narrative that way. hmm right it's understanding that the medium is the message and that if you're intimately familiar with it you can control all of that and I, I, I love that for him and I understand why he would wait until both of his parents are dead because he wants to tell the story from his perspective without the the p- potentially competing perspectives of other people involved
0: Have you seen all that jazz?
1: I've seen it once. I saw it in university. I bought the Criterion Collection Blu-ray because they had a sale last year. And I said, fuck it, I'm buying this because I I know I need to own this.
0: It's another one of those things where it's very clear that this man thinks of stage and dance and performance as his entire life. It's the filter through which he sees life.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's something beautiful, and and while it may not be the absolute truth, mm-hmm. it's the truth to that person, and there's something to be said about that.
0: Yeah, I um, I don't. If I'm picking my favorite performances out of this piece, uh, it's not going to be my favorite, but what she's doing. She's performing at such a different level than anybody else so that I feel like this would be Pat or Twee or cringe coming from somebody else. But from her, you you get what she's doing.
1: Yeah, because you, you know the weight of what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. right? My, my mother was the most famous woman in the, on the, in the world, basically. Yeah. And,
0: and, and as both of us are children of divorce, we're like, we get yeah. it. Shit gets weird in your brain for a while.
1: Yeah, I, I've had to tell my parents, like, there is an embargo, right? I do not <laughs> tell you what I talk with about with mom. And I don't tell you what I talk about with dad. And from both of you, I do not want to hear negative things about the other person. Because guess what? I still have to live with them.
0: Oh yeah, you don't anymore. Oh yeah,
1: (laughs) you don't anymore. You're setting up that Berlin (laughs)
0: Wall in your head between your parents.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, and it's really (laughs) unfortunate. (laughs) It's really unfortunate that you have to do that, but Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of parents don't. They they don't always think because their emotional resonance with that person is different than yours. Yeah, right. You're you're the child. I'm the child uh they they were the consenting adults in a relationship
0: oh man <laughs> this this started out <laughs> as Liza's therapy session ours.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the the is it camp therapy session brought to you by stitchers
0: <laughs> in a way aren't we oh. all just stitching different parts of our lives together? <laughs> Buy a singer.
1: No, Stitchers are, are, are shoes, aren't they? Hold on.
0: Uh, I'm Skechers? trying to go... Uh,
1: Skechers, my bad. Oh, and then Stitchers. there's
0: also that uh, that brand chain of clothes stores, which I don't know if it's still around anymore. Stitches. It's the S, which is another one of those things that I saw on TV growing up in BC and we didn't have here, and I exoticized in my mind. Ooh, <laughs> Stitches. <laughs>
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm sure they have the finest clothing in all of b c
0: Oh, yeah, I moved here in two thousand and five, and I was like, "Guys, it's the s. Do you not understand this?
1: <laughs> We're all looking at you like, god damn it this this crazy little lo- person has showed up and won't stop talking about a a clothing store nobody goes to.
0: yeah, I'm an immigrant from b c <laughs>
1: Your foreign ways confused us but you know <laughs> we allowed you to ce- to celebrate BC day just like any normal person <laughs> Anyway um yeah it's it's an odd song because it also has uh, a part right in the middle that's just a medley of nursery rhymes mm-hmm. where she's kind of falling apart in front of your eyes and again this feels improvised but it's so in control she knows exactly what she's doing it's great It's, it's awesome and then the tempo picks right back up for the end of the song she regains her composure and she walks off the stage
0: and then my favorite part starts
1: it goes right into "I Gotcha," an upbeat and funky number.
0: Oh, you got that little heavy funk, 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 funk.
1: And a pair of male dancers come out in. Okay, let's 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 talk about their outfits because this so, this was a choice.
0: So it's a tuxedo with a ruffle shirt, mm-hmm. and. Kind of a cowboy hat kept on with an elastic,
1: but one side of the cowboy up hat is straight up, like those, um, like the, the, those Australian hats.
0: Oh yeah yeah. oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But the the tuxedo jacket is black velvet. They are wearing knee high shiny leather boots, <laughs> and round black sunglasses on top of it.
0: One thing you can say about Fosse is he he knows what what's going to look good with movement. Um, there's a piece later on where they have, um, I don't know if it's in this as well, but tuxedo pants with stripes up the leg. And so the stripes just like dazzle every time they move.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's just... When I say it's a choice, I don't mean it in the negative connotation of when we normally say it's a choice. Like... This is very deliberately chosen. Why it was chosen, I have no idea. It's visually striking.
0: They also both walk am- onto stage smoking. You know, there, there's a whole look yeah. here.
1: It's, there's just so much happening. And I, I love it. I love this whole thing that's happened. And they're slinking across the stage. They're not just oh. dancing. They are... Slinking their way through It's all arms and legs and Reaching and
0: Yeah, hence the neck elastic on the hats Because they are moving around a lot
1: Yeah, and finally Liza comes back out In a red, sparkly Sleeveless halter top Well, halter dress
0: Yeah, it's described as a micro mini But honestly, I've had shirts that were longer than this
1: yeah, it, she's she's got it matched with a pair of red tights and red heels. Like it all the black that the male dancers are in, she is fully in red.
0: And it looks kind of kind of plasticky, like not latex but approaching latex. It's it's an incredible look.
1: Yeah, because it, it it too, the the dress itself has a lot of movement built into it. It's not like it's got fringe
0: no. or
1: or little bits of things that are flapping up and down. It's just such a slinky little number that's got some real weight in the fabric that as Liza's body moves, it's kind of moving counter to it. Mhm. It's it's beautiful. It's it's I mean, Bob Fosse does not know the word subtle <laughs> <laughs> I think is the thing we could say
0: And this is when the real dancing starts
1: Yes, uh, this is where I made the note I was wondering when we'd get proper Fosse dancing here And this is where he comes in and says Okay, we've had Liza get to do her thing her Her solo stuff and quite honestly, I thought it was going to be an hour of Liza Solo stuff at this point, but no. Here you go. Here's a couple of backup dancers, and you are going to dance now.
0: Yeah this this song is fun. The funk is fun. Um, she's doing. At first, I was like, "Oh my God, she's rapping," but no. It's just it's just <laughs> a very deliberate, paced out funk song, and. Yeah, I I don't think we can do justice to what she's doing. My favorite part was like the uh, the amoeba movement where they all move across the stage together.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and and I mean, you're you're fairly astute with the idea of rapping because funk was part of the precursor to rap.
0: Oh yeah, right? yeah. It, it,
1: right. It grew out of that because it it involved spoken word poetry and and such. Right. There's you can see. Not I'm not saying Liza Minnelli was part of the genesis of rap, <laughs> but
0: I'm saying that Wu Tang <laughs> took appropriated Liza Minnelli.
1: <laughs> you know what? Uh, I like to call my penis alternate universe Wu Tang Clan. Why? Because it's something to fuck with. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure A friend of mine told told me that And I think he got it from someone else But I love dropping that Whenever I see somebody in a Wu-Tang Clan shirt (laughs) (laughs) I have become a menace
0: I'm just picturing you meeting Liza Minnelli And saying that to her face
1: (laughs) Why? 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 Why would they call your penis alternate universe? I can't keep the bad voice up. (laughs) 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 Uh, Oh, I'm so glad we went from therapy to this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) To dick jokes. We we have a broad church here.
1: (laughs) Broad church? I don't think we'll be covering that anytime soon.
0: Oh, God, no. God, just us crying uh. recorded for an hour. <laughs> Come back next week, guys, when we're gonna cry again.
1: Oh God, yeah. All, all I could say about this was that, like, I loved the costumes, I loved the dancing. I really wasn't paying so much to what she was saying.
0: No, no,
1: because I was just it's, mesmerized by the movement.
0: Because this leads straight into "Son of a Preacher Man," and it's the same thing. There's more dancers on stage, but yeah, it's all about the movement here.
1: Yeah, I mean we we know, son of a preacher man. This is this is a fairly famous song, and she she does fine by it, I think. But I I, I feel like I've heard better versions than this. Not no no shade to Liza Minnelli about this, but this may not be her song.
0: No, and I I really do feel like this is the piece where you're like, oh, she wanted to be a dancer. Oh, she was dancing every day. I can see it.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. It was at this point, this song, that I finally noticed that in the background, beyond the dancers, on the scaffolding, is the band itself, the rock band.
0: Yes! So, so... (laughs) Unfortunately, this leads us back to Cabaret. Okay. Um, so because Cabaret is a musical where um, all of the songs are performed on stage in universe, um, it's quite normal to have the band on stage. Now, I'm not sure about the original production, but there's a very famous... Um, production that started in the 90s. <laughs> revival, thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, by Sam Mendes. Basically before he like popped as a big um, as a big director in the States. Uh, if you've heard of Alan Cumming in Cabaret, this is where it started. Um, he did a very 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 different version of it compared to the movie and compared to the original musical. I have been fortunate enough to see. Um... I say all three versions. I've seen a version that is based on the original stage version. You know, like Xeroxes of Xeroxes. But anyway, um, what Sam Mendes did was he moved a bunch of things around. He made a bunch of changes. It basically, in my opinion, turns it into a different musical. I think a better musical. Um, (laughs) Sally Bowles is no longer the main character in his version. Um, But in this as well, the, the... orchestra is on stage the entire time. They are dressed in lingerie. Uh, they are presented as the cabaret band. Um, And I don't know which came first, whether it was Liza with a Z or Sam Mendes's cabaret that came up with this, because this looks exactly like the way Sam Mendes stages it.
1: Oh, huh, interesting. Ooh. Hmm.
0: I will also point out, too, that another big change that Sam Mendes made was he was like, this is supposed to be a singer in a terrible cabaret in rundown Berlin. She should not be Liza Minnelli good. So he made he made a point of only casting so-so singers.
1: Yeah, that's that is what I've heard about it, is that too often when people do cabaret, they're getting great singers and great performers and that's not what the what it's supposed to be.
0: Yeah, if you want it to be more realistic, you get somebody who's who's pretty good, but not Liza Goddamn Manelli. I, I saw it when Michelle Williams did um, did the role.
1: Which Michelle Williams?
0: <laughs> that's a good point. White Michelle Williams.
1: Okay, right. so not the
0: one who's renowned as a singer. <laughs>
1: Uh, you've seen the Abbott Elementary. Abbott clip, Elementary, right? yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. One cannot go wrong with the absolutely tremendous, the diva, Michelle Williams coming all the way from Dawson's Creek. Dawson's Creek. Oh, no. There we go. <laughs> oh, God. I love Cheryl Lee Ralph. God oh, my God. Damn it.
0: I was I was watching um, Oliver and Company with my cousin a couple weeks ago. And Cheryl Lee Ralph is one of the voices in that. She's been here from the beginning. She was a dream girl.
1: God damn it. Yes. Whoa.
0: <laughs> and should now she's I re-watch... getting flowers.
1: Yeah, should I rewatch uh, Oliver and Company? Is that one worth going back to to check out?
0: Uh, Oliver and Company has one great song, and I think the rest of it can be skipped.
1: Oh, mm, woof.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly
1: Okay, <laughs> okay. So, a lot of fun choreography A lot of great da- uh, dancing happening here And the curtain drops a few times And raises back up in a, in a move I was just like I don't understand why this is happening We're only about halfway through But sure, until the curtain drops Raises back up, all the dancers are gone And I go, ooh Stage magic
0: I rewatched this special this morning, and I was watching for it, and it still blew my mind.
1: Yeah. And uh, now we move into what Liza describes as a really true, absolutely true story. (laughs) uh, For Ring Them Bells. And the dancers come back out, rejoin her. And it's just this fun little narrative about... A girl living at home with her parents. She's almost 32. Disgusting. I know. Absolutely filthy. He says from his bedroom at his parents' place. 35. Uh, (laughs) The lesson that she wants
0: us to learn, learn from this is that both you and I should leave our homes immediately and start knocking on the doors of all our neighbors and saying, Is there an eligible man here?
1: Anyone here cute? <laughs> but it's it's a it's a fun number, right? She's traveling around the world, and they're the the choreography isn't just dancing. Every time she says "ring them bells," you have all of the dancers sticking out an arm or a leg and ringing a bunch of bells that are stuck to it. And it could be again, this could be weird or trite or oddly. Sexual in some ways mm. But it's just a punctuation note On the song
0: Yeah She's doing a voice, she's I, got I, glasses It's it's the comedy bit
1: Yeah, and uh, the, the, the dancers get to do a lot of Very physical Scene setting So like she gets on an airplane And there are dancers who are now the chairs And there are dancers who are you know, serving drinks to other dancers Because they're on an airplane And It's just—it's—it's it's a lot of fun it's, it's mm-hmm.
0: the, the airplane bit is the one that really impressed me Where they all move and suddenly mm-hmm. Without having any sets Still exactly the same dancers You're like oh they're on an airplane I can see them all they're on an airplane
1: I know exactly where they are An airplane yeah. And uh, the the song ends In a big chorus line she's talking about the man she found out in the middle of nowhere in in Europe and it turns out he lives right next door to her
0: So girls, if you don't have a man, ring them doorbells
1: Mm Mm-hmm She bows and she heads off stage again and now we're back to it and all the dancers are in silhouette with bowler hats as Bye Bye Blackbird begins. Now they've all got tuxedo jackets on, black tights with white gloves, and Liza comes out in a velvet suit with are these culottes?
0: Um, culottes? I, maybe but I don't think they're trying to give the impression of culottes. Culottes to me always says that you're trying to create an optical illusion that it's skirt. But she's got that big slit up one leg. I mm-hmm. think it's more like it, look at me and look at my I'm I'm doing the Liza Minnelli thing in stockings, guys. I got these legs.
1: Yeah, and it's doing a, a lovely kind of she's wearing a tuxedo but it's a little androgynous because it ends just below the knees and look at these gams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, but it's it's classy and it's it's chic. Right. I, I describe it as culottes, but it's so much more elevated than that.
0: Yeah, I was watching this and uh and my big takeaway from this special was do I need to go buy stockings and a garter belt?
1: Yes, you do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh there are a lot of fossy hands and strutting in this song.
0: Yeah, if you it wanted is- to do like <laughs> the the Fossy one oh one What's a Fossy move look like? You you can't go wrong with this one.
1: No, no. If you you and a bunch of friends sync up, move forward with long strides, hands out to the side. These aren't spirit fingers. These are spirit <laughs> fingers. It's yeah. It, it's it's fun again. I think in the back half for for a good portion of the songs I was paying more attention to the choreography mm-hmm. and the outfits than I was to the actual song itself
0: yeah and I think that's where Fosse really comes through because yeah he's a director he's, he's a great director he was the best director of his year allegedly um, mm-hmm. but you know where he starts and you know where his interest lies
1: yeah yeah I mean this could have been any song, and he would have made it work.
0: Mm-hmm. Though, when at the end, when the uh, when the hands come out doing spirit fingers from the sides of the stage, I'm like, this does look awfully Mickey Mouse.
1: Yeah. Uh, now, do you mean Mickey Mouse in like the Disney sense, or Mickey Mouse as a? Oi, you're you're not putting a Mickey on me.
0: <laughs> I mean Mickey Mouse, capital M, capital M, Mickey Mouse, the character.
1: Okay Well the dancers head off stage As he said As Liza has brought a stool and a microphone Stand for her next number And she goes into You've let yourself go Which she, She opens with an aside To the audience about how there's only three kinds Of love songs Guy meets girl Guy loses girl Guy gets girl It's a slower number but it's also a bit of a comedy number, but it's mm-hmm. also wildly romantic at the same time.
0: It it really... The whole through line through this is not just, look what I can do. It It's really emphasizing the, uh, the entertainer aspect, that she can do comedy, she can do acting, she can do all of this. She's not just going to come out for you and sing and dance.
1: No. And... I I really enjoyed this song. I enjoyed. It's it's a love song about old love, mm. about tired love. It's it reminds uh, me very...
0: of um, uh, "Making Whoopi."
1: <laughs> Making Whoopi. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Go on, tell me.
0: Well, "Making Whoopi" starts out with you know all of the sweet kind things and then it flashes forward a year and it's all laundry and cheating on each other and what have i got myself into an in alimony
1: but the the song is it re- it's very lovely in that it does end moving towards like yes you're older and you've let yourself go and and you tell the same old tired jokes but I love you and oh, that's yeah. why I fell in love with you and It's Oh it's, it's got this you think That the song's gonna end in heartbreak and Instead it just takes this lovely Left turn into Yeah we're tired and old but That's sometimes what love is
0: And the fact that she's selling This at the age of 26 as well
1: 26 <laughs> 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 It's just, uh, uh, I love love Oh, so lovely. And and the whole song is performed with Liza in a single spotlight, right from her chest up. So we only really see her face just swimming in this darkness. Mm-hmm. So That's we the thing we, the we said
0: about her weird face. Uh, again, I don't want to say that Liza Minnelli is not... Un- is unattractive, because I think that's the exact opposite take that we both have. But just, mm-hmm. she's got all these pieces that are so definitive. You look at just her eyes, and you go, that's Liza. You look at just her hair, and you say, that's Liza. And she's just, like you say, swimming in the black here.
1: Yeah, there's there's some celebrities that really lend themselves to caricatures. Uh, you know when you were a kid watching tiny tunes or animaniacs and celebrities would be on like celebrity and they'd all be caricatures of themselves. There's some of them that as a child, you'd look at and go, I have no fucking idea what I am looking at, who this is supposed to be. And even as an adult, you might have to like strain your brain to be like, who's this giant forehead person that Mm -hmm. they're showing in this episode. But then there's some people that it's like, okay, no matter how we caricature you, you will always be you. You will be definitively you, All right? We can tell Prince. We know what Cher looks like. We know who Liza Minnelli
0: is. Yeah, in a way, they almost look like caricatures of themselves.
1: Yeah, but it's just them. It's just them (laughs) existing. And... (laughs) I mean, I, I would rather have a distinctive face than just like, oh, yeah, a face.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. We were talking about big noses the other day and how big noses need to come back in fashion.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I love a big nose.
0: Give me something I can work with.
1: I love a guy that looks like he's had his nose broken a couple times.
0: The uh, the old Owen Wilson look? That's the thing. An Owen Wilson no. type wouldn't become famous nowadays.
1: But but not like an Owen Wilson kind More like a, a squashed
0: nose mm-hmm, Yes
1: Yeah, where it's got some real heft behind it now As opposed to Owen Wilson, which was like Oh, at one point you had like a very straight, narrow nose And, and then it's been broken And it's added a little bit of caricature to it
0: mm-hmm.
1: I want like a real like Somebody's punched you in the fucking face And your nose just got big as a defense
0: Yes, this is your type of man. You're just describing your type of man.
1: I also love a large forehead and caveman features. What do I What do I got to do to find this?
0: <laughs> you just want a boy who's going to throw you over his shoulder and take you back to his cave.
1: He's going to have to be real strong. <laughs> but he has a cave, you say. His own property somewhere I can stay. Amazing. Yeah, a property
0: owner, you say. This is is back to the knocking on your uh, neighbor's doors. This is quickly becoming like a Jane Austen story of, and he has property, you say. And he's nearby, you say.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What? He lives lives in a cave down by the river? (laughs) Tell me more.
0: It's his own Mm. cave.
1: My goodness. So for the next number, she loses the stool and the light opens up for her whole body. Uh, is that the phrasing nanny. that we
0: want to use? That she loses her stool. <laughs>
1: okay, she loses the stool that she was. Oh, this still isn't working. Yeah. The chair that she, the non-backed chair that she was <laughs> sitting upon. Uh, God. Anyway, that goes away. The light yeah, opens up for her Al whole Wilson-type body.
0: Type number, great.
1: It's, it's a big bombastic number, all wide arms, big punches, and she is sweating up a storm by this point. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, the whole mammy thing. I, you know, 1972 wasn't that far away from Al Jolson.
0: Yeah, you should have known better. No,
1: yeah, you should have known better. And now that we're a hundred years removed from Al Jolson... <laughs>
0: Uh, I saw somebody then, saying the other day that uh, the uh, the Wizard School game is the line where we all became boomers, where a bunch of people in our generation was like, my nostalgia trumps your rights. And I was like, oh, God, I thought, I thought we were going <laughs> to escape this one. I thought we were going to make nope. it past nope. it in this generation. Nope.
1: <laughs> Sarah, never. <laughs> never. Yeah. There's always going to be weirdo bigots who think that their feelings are... Much more important than, I don't know People getting to live
0: Yeah, Jesus Christ uh, We have covered uh. a lot More uh, <laughs> Territory than I thought we were going To on this episode <laughs> Whatever This is
1: what There's... happens
0: when we don't record for a week We skip a week and everything gets bottled up
1: Oh my god It's just Word salad vomit <laughs> Well, now we move into the number that I'm pretty sure most of this audience was possibly there for. The <laughs> cabaret medley. Woo! She's now in this sparkly black and floral top with a plunging neckline and and uh, like the garter belt and stockings that barely make it above her knees. It's great. It's awesome. And of course... If you're going to do Fosse and Liza together, you have to get to a cabaret thing at some point.
0: It's funny, because after I finished watching this, I was like, I gotta watch a couple cabaret numbers, and I pulled them up on YouTube. And, And then I realized, oh, if this is 1972 and you don't have YouTube or home video or anything like this, getting to see this cabaret medley is the closest you get to pulling up a YouTube number. It's like, oh, I just want that one number from Cabaret again in two minutes. Can you give me a hit? And Liza Minnelli says, sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. God, the Wild West.
0: Right? There's a lot of things that we mourn about our modern age, but access to YouTube I don't think is... Uh, is pro- I, was, <laughs> I was listening to a podcast the other day where somebody was describing that's entertainment as it was basically people re-releasing YouTube greatest of clips uh into theaters and them being huge hits the people wanted these they were dying for them
1: we've always wanted this we've always done this america's funniest home videos went on for 30 years or something and all that is is youtube clips
0: yeah that's a good point
1: it's just this is the nature of humanity we we've craved youtube we've always wanted youtube
0: all I want is to see somebody fall off a trampoline. Really? It's one of my deepest, basest urges.
1: I want to see a child trying to do something that they cannot possibly do, possibly falling over as well.
0: Dancing poorly in a diaper? Please!
1: Please. We crave I want to see an ATV
0: tip over.
1: Mm-hmm. I want to see... Uh, my my cousin sent me a tiktok and it had the big font at the bottom says woman falls over with coffee as she tries to cross a river and then i just watched a woman fall over with coffee (laughs) as she tried to cross a river and it's like yes that's exactly what it said on the tin thank you dead
0: dove do not eat
1: yeah i don't know what i i don't know what i expected.
0: Oh, yeah, uh, I just fell into a hole this very morning of animals doing weird things. <laughs> like, yep, this this is all I want.
1: Like taxes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, like taxes. No, there was a raccoon who was offered a sandwich, and it took the sandwich, but it only took the top bun. It's like, no, you left the ham and cheese, buddy. <laughs> you don't oh, know what you're missing. That- Come back, raccoon.
1: Like the raccoon that tried to wash the cotton candy and it disappeared.
0: There is a sequel to this where the raccoon learned its lesson. You can find it out there, guys. It's not a tragedy.
1: Hooray! Hooray! Everything's coming up for the raccoons.
0: Exactly. In other raccoon news, cabaret.
1: Cabaret. Yeah, if you like cabaret, here's a bunch of cabaret numbers. Mm -hmm.
0: It's great. Uh, I (laughs) particularly like the money number because, again, the choreography is fantastic.
1: Yeah, a lot of hip gyrating.
0: It also made me remember sexual. the uh, the cabaret through line in the last season of Schitt's Creek, where I'm like, oh man, they did a lot of work for what's basically a throwaway B story in Schitt's Creek.
1: <laughs> well, that's why we like Schitt's Creek. Yeah. Well, and uh, that's kind of it. The credits roll with the dancers coming back out and leaping around as a very sweaty Liza Minnelli comes out to take her many, many bows on stage.
0: I realize this is the first time I've ever seen, I mean, like, I've performed on stage and I've I've seen a curtain go down and stuff, but it's the first time I'd ever seen um, a backstage point of view of seeing a curtain go up and down as somebody takes many bows. It's, uh, it's something that I wouldn't have thought I'd gotten to my mid-30s without seeing.
1: Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. You have not lived until you've had a curtain come down on you.
0: Yeah, I, I need to have a a conductor hand me a bouquet of roses. It's something I need deep down in my soul.
1: Well, we'll get it done for our live show. There we go. Another one is there's a live show coming up. It will be... <laughs> <laughs> And
0: Live from our uh, Respective homes
1: (laughs) From the warmth And safety of somewhere
0: Exactly Well that just about wraps it up There's only one question left Which I think is not a tough one Sam Yes. Is Liza with a Z camp yeah,
1: it's it's camp. It's it's hitting all the notes. I think this is like low hanging fruit camp, if that makes any sense. Like mm-hmm. it's it's not hard to see why it's camp. There's, you know, fossy hands and strutting and costume changes and sticking out legs, Liza Minnelli and jokes. It just it just is. And not not to say that's bad i think this this would work well as like entry-level camp for a lot of people Mm -hmm. but then again trying to i i know a concert made for television would not be everyone's cup of tea especially a concert like this
0: Mm -hmm.
1: how about yourself sarah
0: I completely agree i tried to get it out of my head and see this from a different point of view when i was in film 1000 um which you guys don't know there was a breadth requirement and sam's in my university I'm, i'm probably pretty sure plenty of other schools do this but you need to take an arts class and so film studies is thought to be a very very easy one it's actually one of the hardest arts credits to take it had, I think, one of the highest fail rates because people thought it was easy. Um, so what that means is when you are film nerds like Sam and I, you end up in an auditorium with 300 engineers <laughs> who are not as into it as you are. Yeah. Um, there, was, there was homophobic catcalls at a screening in one of my film classes to the point where the professor had to stop the film and say, Guys, you can't do this. We have to watch the rest of the movie. Smarten the fuck up. This was 2005! I know. Yeah. Um, But I tried to get out of it and picture it like some of those guys watching Casablanca, where they thought Casablanca was the weirdest shit that they'd ever seen, because if you've never seen a movie made before the 80s before, then yeah, Casablanca's gonna look weird and mannered and people are talking about stuff you don't understand and things like that and in the same way i think it's it would be very easy for people different than us to make fun of this concert tv because it is just strange and weird and mannered and moving completely differently to what we consider normal dance nowadays um and yeah it is camp but it's also incredible it's
1: good. It, it's good. It is, it's very, it's, very good. It's very, very good. And it's Again, it's it's unusual to think that this was lost for decades.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: This feels like it would have been part of I it was part of the Zeitgeist at the time and but for it to just suddenly disappear after being shown three times it feels wrong for whatever reason
0: it's we are for all the fucked upness of the time we live we are very fortunate to have a world where you can watch Liza with a Z on demand
1: yeah at the drop of a hat it's on Tubi
0: yeah guys watch it I got barely any ads in mine as well it's less than mm-hmm. an hour long
1: Yeah, nice, quick sit down.
0: So thank you for joining us today on our exploration of Liza with a Z. Please subscribe on your podcaster of choice, leave a star rating, and review where you can, because it always helps us to find new people who may not know what their camp favorite is.
1: Yes, and next week, for our third week of Mystery Month, we will be (laughs) discussing Cutthroat Island...
0: I think this one has been on the list since we started the list.
1: I think so too. This is probably one of the earliest things we added because this movie is favorite. We have talked about it briefly before in our long kiss goodnight episode, but this Mm -hmm. movie is famous for being just an absolute flop of a film.
0: This is part of the reason why people thought Pirates of the Caribbean was gonna flop because pirate movies don't make money,
1: yeah it's how how do we how do you discuss the the feeling that people have towards pirate films? It's such an unusual thing, right mm-hmm. it's it's not like. I understand where people are coming from with the idea of superhero films of they feel like the market's super oversaturated and that it's only superhero films going on now. and it's not it, you, you can see other things, like I guarantee that there's other things that you can see beyond that. Go see any number of foreign films or whatnot. Sometimes you just don't have to go to the amc or the cineplex yes
0: go find go find your local cinema find any other theater that you can visit the world will be better for it
1: yeah you're going to be open to so many different experiences but this idea that pirate movies don't make money it it kind of moves beyond the superhero vitriol of I don't hear people not wanting pirate movies, but I hear a lot of like pirate movies just aren't good or they haven't been good in a while. I mean, granted, yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean was was pretty good. It was it was dope. We all enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. And then it was diminishing returns.
0: Yeah, it's just very much so. Um, I always thought this movie was fascinating. It was one of those ones that always hung in my head because I was like, Gina Davis as a cool, badass pirate fighter. How could somebody not like this movie? But I'd also always heard it's famously bad. Um, So I've I've always been interested in watching it. This finally gives me an excuse to watch it.
1: Yeah, we're going to watch it for next week. But you are campers our audience our listeners can continue the discussion of liza with a z on our twitter and our instagram i am at reese indigo all one word r-h-y-s spelled the welsh way
0: that's reese with an s not reese with a z because reese with a z goes i'm sour citrus lady (laughs) you can follow the pod (laughs) on at is it camp pod until next week wait an hour before swimming watch out for snakes and stay camp it doesn't sound like her at all.
1: <laughs> what if I give it a phoxy neck? Uh 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 uh.
0: What you saying?
1: Like it not too camp. No, not the way you do it.